Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Maté. Roger Stone, the longtime Republican operative, has been sentenced to more than three years in prison. Stone was convicted of lying to a congressional investigation into Russiagate and trying to intimidate a key witness. Well, in an exclusive interview, that witness joins me now. Randy Critico, longtime broadcaster, comedian. Hello. Hey, great to be here, uh, Aaron. Thank you for having me on. This is the only show that I'm doing, and I'm going to get out of town. No one's going to be able to find me because I've been flooded with calls today uh, by media. Um, this has consumed your life. This has consumed you for a long time now, and you're actually going off to go to the UK to be there to support Julian Assange, and we could talk about that more. Yes. But let me get it has consumed a lot of my life. This has consumed my life since uh, you know the end of 2016. This yeah. entire affair. So uh, it has uh, been a complete upheaval of uh, my regular way of life. So let me ask you your reaction to this sentence, and we should point out that this was a sentence that you tried to avoid. You wrote the judge and asked her to go easy on Roger Stone, even though he was convicted of of threatening you. Well, you know, on on the five or six charges of perjury, um, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. But as far as the um, the enhancement, uh, the, uh, the you know, added a year or two, I don't know. Um, Yes, I did write the judge uh, saying that uh, when I testified, I was asked by uh, his defense attorney if I felt uh, that Roger Stone was going to steal my dog. That was part of it. And I, Roger, because he texted you something to that effect. Yes, he did. It was, these were some nasty messages, all right, that were sent to me. And this was um, six or seven months after he testified uh, in front of uh, the House Intel Committee, and he named me as the back channel, and some of the echo chambers and mainstream media, like Chris Hayes, came out and called me the missing link. There was a big picture of me, the missing link. Well, to be clear, he names you as the, his back channel to WikiLeaks yes, during right. the 2016 campaign, yes. which is, of course, a false claim. Well, first of all, there was no no connection. No, There was no back channel. He had no back channel to WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks didn't like the fact that he was saying that publicly, but there was no back channel. WikiLeaks did not need to share what they were going to produce a month or two later. What journalist does that when they have an exclusive story like the Podesta emails or the DNC leaks? If they have an exclusive story, why would they tip their mitt? What journalists would do that? I mean, it's their story. They don't need to say, here, you tell somebody else what we're going to do. I mean, it's just uh, the whole premise is is uh, is ridiculous. And um, so, but he went out there and said he had a back channel. He had, I mean, I knew when I first saw him say that in front of the Broward County Republican Club uh, in August of 2016 that it was just bullshit, complete bullshit. And it was typical Roger just like inserting, uh, insinuating himself into a moment in history. Uh, so, uh, but the following year when he testified, he said that he did have a back channel. It was almost like an afterthought after he testified and read this 47 page screed. Uh, he, they said, did you have a back channel? He said, yeah, you name him? No. And then without even a subpoena, he named me. All right. So now I'm connected to Roger Stone. Uh, this sullies the uh, the WikiLeaks uh, organization, uh, you know, like making this connection to Roger Stone and the Trump campaign, which is the last thing they needed. Uh, and I certainly didn't need that because 
everyone thought that I helped out the Trump campaign. All right. I mean, he's like the flip opposite of what I stand for. I'm a, you know, uh, a racial justice activist. And so now I'm stuck in the position. I can go and testify and tell the truth. And then Roger gets into trouble. All right. For lying to Congress. And people lie to Congress all the time. All right, let's be clear. People lie to Congress. I mean, sometimes it leads to war. Sometimes it leads to mass surveillance. Sometimes it leads to a permanent spot on the Supreme Court. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's what happens when people lie to Congress. But he totally uh, misled this uh, committee. And then I'm stuck. Either I can go there and then he gets in trouble or I can keep my mouth shut and then I get buried uh, by people on the left or, you know, people who hate Trump thinking that this guy was connected to helping Trump out. And like I said, first of all, there was no back channel to WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks was not giving anything to the Trump campaign. They did what they did when they did it. All right. They had an exclusive story. Uh, and that's what they did like any, anyone else. So, you know, I, I was getting so much heat and I had to clear it up. But I finally started, uh, you know, um, uh, pushing back on this uh, assertion by Stone that I was the back channel. And, um, you know, I started doing various uh, interviews and he got aggravated uh, that I was doing that. And, you know, it escalated to the back and forth and, you know, uh, to the point where I was getting buried by him publicly. And he had some people out there, his, his uh, acolytes that have websites uh, and uh, news outlets, uh, you know, really demeaning and smearing my character. And I was no, absolutely in no shape to, to uh, fight back. So he was carpet uh, bombing me with nukes and I was coming back with scud missiles. And, uh, the, and that means I, 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 the emails that he sent me, I said, what am I supposed to do? I, I held on to those for a month and I finally turned them over just to get him to stop. Mm -hmm. Right. I gave them to uh, Mother Jones and I gave them to uh, somebody from the Wall Street Journal just so he would stop doing that. Right. Uh, but he didn't. He continued uh, doing that. Uh, uh, you know, not him, but these other people. And so but that got the attention of, uh, you know, the Mueller people. And I got subpoenaed. And they had but, all but this was of the, the information. This was, a, this was the House investigation. This was the House investigation. Not, not the Mueller team. The, the Mueller team came up to me uh, in June June 3rd, 2000, when I saw you. The last time I saw you, other than the other night, um, I saw you at the left forum. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, so it was at right. the left forum that this all took place. Um, and they just showed up. Right. And said that there are threats and all of this. And they asked me if I wanted to testify. I said, no. Then I got a subpoena and I had to testify. Uh, and So you subpoenaed to the Mueller. You were subpoenaed by the Mueller team. You testified to them. But this case entails Roger Stone threatening you over the House investigation. Right, right. It all had to do with the House investigation. Yeah. Uh, threatening me that I was, uh, you know, like I said, uh, 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 controverting what he was saying. Right. And why uh, do you think so? Listen, he testifies to the House. He leads them to believe that he thinks he has a back channel to WikiLeaks. But this is after he had previously retracted his claims to having a back channel. Anyway, he'd already said that actually he had no back channel. So why do you think he then goes before the House and all of a sudden then tries to make them think that he has a back channel? I don't know. The same reason why he said he was um, instrumental in uh, in the uh, 2000 Brooks brother 
uh, riot that led to the uh, counting of the votes in Dade County to end. All right. He said that he orchestrated that. I know for a fact that he didn't. In the same way, he said that he was involved in bringing down Spitzer, that he went to the FBI and gave them information. Well, that was just and people just bought it. Jeffrey Tubin bought that. Right, sure. did a profile on him, yeah. and he mentioned those two episodes. Roger just invented himself, insinuated himself into those epics. And Jeffrey so, Tubin, I imagine, I imagine bought the, his con about RussiaGate and WikiLeaks this time too. I'm sure whatever <laughs> he said, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in the mainstream media did uh, buy what he said about his involvement. In fact, you remember way back when a guy goes in front of this. This Republican, uh, young Republicans, whatever they're called, in in uh, Broward County, he's sitting there bragging about his connection. This is August 2016, yes, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Before I even knew Assange, mm. I had Assange on my show one time, and that was August 25th. That's right. And that was it. I never spoke to him again, and it was only during that interview until uh, – I think it was April 2nd, 2017. I chased him for trying to get him back on because he was hot news and it was good for the radio show. Um, but so Stone uh, got extremely uh, careless in his emails and text messages, uh, wanted me to go along with uh, his version, and he put himself in, in a bad situation. There's no reason. Like I said, this was a what you would call a fender bender that turned into a, a 20 uh, tractor trailer pileup. All right. This should have never happened. He should have just not appeared before the House Intel Committee. He wasn't even invited. <laughs> he wasn't even invited. He volunteered. I said I took the fifth. And there are a number of reasons that I, I mean, whatever the last one was, whatever drove me, my, my, lawyer, my lawyer, what didn't want me to talk. Some people wanted me to talk. Guy from the ACLU said should talk. Uh, but there are a number of reasons why I didn't. Stone tried to influence me. Um but, you know, when it was over, when this whole thing was over, and I was forced to testify. I didn't really have to testify because they had all of my emails and text messages that they got from testify him. in Stone's trial. Right. This, yeah. is that, you know, this was first with the grand jury. Oh, okay. Right. The grand jury, which was September 6, 2019, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, except, yes. And, and, um, and I had to testify, but I really didn't because they had – they, whatever they presented at the trial, they had like tons of stuff. It was like the uh, Library of Congress. There were so many text messages and emails. If he, but this stuff was sent out at weird hours, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, when the guy was uh, cranked up, or not cranked up, but he, when he was uh, ginned up or whatever. All right, he, he does. Was, he, he, it, it is well known that Stone has had some stuff, su some substance abuse issues. Yes, I know yeah. exactly what they are, but I don't want to broadcast them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I would recommend that he get. But it's important to mention in this context because he's gotten so much attention, and the media has led us to believe that he was a part of some secret Trump Russia WikiLeaks conspiracy. Right, right. And really, this is someone who has personal issues, not just with mendacity and lying, but also with substance abuse as well. well. And that, that is I consider also alcohol a substance, but probably more that I know about. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I would say the guy needs a program because. Um, Look, I met him in 2002, right? And uh, we both had our uh, issues uh, back then with, uh, with abuse. And, uh, you know, look, I was told back then by someone close to me, you're going to have to take a breathalyzer before you get online 
and send out tweets or get on, <laughs> on, on, on Facebook or send out emails or make calls. Because when you're whacked out on blow, coke, when I, I used to do that back then, and I drank a lot. I'm sober right now. Uh, hopefully, I can make it through the weekend. But uh, <laughs> but uh, take a breath of some kind of test before the thing uh, operates. Because I would send out errant and uh, indiscreet text messages and emails that the next day you wake up i said i sent that so i know where he you know this guy has a propensity to send out text messages late at night and i don't know all of them if they were all late at night but i know that uh, you know two o'clock in the morning when you're getting these emails now did i feel personally threatened by stone i knew that guy would never people who threaten you never follow through uh but you know because of the blanketing of, of social media by some people that were close to him and care for him uh, were calling me a rat and a liar and all of this. Then I got, I really got nervous because we live in a time right now, there's been Pittsburgh, there's been El Paso, there's been Gilroy, there's been the guy who was in uh, in the Coast Guard, may as well have been in, in a U-boat, the guy's sending out like threatening messages, yeah. right? So yeah. you live in, a, you live in, maybe it's always been like that, but it's it seems to have increased. And uh, it's the wild west right now. You don't know, there's a nutcase out there that uh, thinks that you, by testifying at Stone, are contradicting Stone. Uh, you're going to uh, hurt the president. So let's cut out the middleman that's going to hurt the president. I mean, you don't know how people think. I've so, seen it. I've seen some of the abuse that you take online, and you know, you've got, you got. I got one this morning already. Yeah, some you know, really I harsh got things. One, yeah. uh, this morning I got a couple already. Yeah, you know that they're going to steal the dog. Yeah, you know, and uh, you look at it, and there's like a bunch of American flags on the guy's uh, Twitter account. You know, so. Um, but you still wrote the judge and asked her to yes. go easy on him. Yes, I did because the guy's 68 years old. <laughs> He's 68 years old. Uh, you know, he needs like a pro. I have a program. I'm, uh, you know, I I don't go every day, but I, you know, I'm an alcoholic, so I go to a program. You know, to try to stay sober because I'm a nasty uh, drunk. Um, you probably got some of my. Uh, bad uh, responses <laughs> to your tweets when I was drinking. But, um, but Stone, Stone, definitely, um, Stone definitely needs, uh, you know, he could, I, I suggested the other day to some reporter, he didn't report on it, that look, the guy's a resourceful guy. Uh, he's a smart guy. And if he were to get community service, let's say do something like in Florida, there's a million people that are now eligible to vote. And he lives in Florida. Maybe he could uh, register people to vote as a you know a condition of his probation that's community service to strengthen the democracy uh getting people that are that don't know uh that they can vote and get them to register uh there's a lot of things you can do by putting people in prison prison to me is for war criminals people like kissinger uh you know tony blair uh you know those who start wars and kill people you know imminent threats by rapists or by murderers those kind of people uh, need to be in an environment. But prisons have been around for thousands of years. They're ineffective. Uh, they have uh, such a negative impact. Uh, people I've known, hundreds of prisoners, I've worked with them. When they come out, they're never the same. They come out, uh, the, the, um, the time in prison is worse than whatever crime that they committed. Uh, so Hannibal Lecter should be in prison. And my father did 10 years in prison before I was born. I was raised in a family. My father uh, was was uh, definitely affected by it. The scars of prison on his soul, on his, on his spirit, and 
and his mindset, his psyche uh, was uh, was really uh, profound. And so uh, he carried that throughout uh, my childhood, uh, the anger. And uh, he was a good father, uh, but you know, it was just the torture of being in a prison. I did not want to be responsible uh, for someone to go through the same type of situation. And this is where it's really important to stress here that this is not just about Roger Stone and whether or not the, you know a seven to nine year sentence was proper. That was the initial recommendation of, of his prosecutors, which then got overruled. The judge actually ended up giving Stone basically less than half of what the original prosecutors right. who resigned the case wanted. But this is also about, you know, this idea that he was a part of a Trump-Russia WikiLeaks conspiracy is a fiction. Yes. And all of that yes. has gotten obscured in the coverage. And so basically his own mendacity, his own lies have given ways to a whole new set of mendacity on the part of media and politicians right. who want to make something out of Russia Gate that is not right. there. Right. So what is your message to people in media and people like Adam Schiff in Congress who have tried to say that all that Roger Stone was covering up for Trump and covering up for his ties to WikiLeaks? Well, there was no ties whatsoever uh, to WikiLeaks and they got to stop using WikiLeaks uh, as the noun. You know, as part of the, you know, that that noun or pronoun or whatever, uh, in, in this uh, escapade, uh, there was no back channel. WikiLeaks did not uh, coordinate uh, the Russia thing. There's no way I believe that they got stuff from Russia. Uh, I there's 17 different intelligence organizations believe. I mean, but there's no concrete proof. I don't know how the stuff got to WikiLeaks. I don't think anybody else does except for Julian Assange and maybe a few people close to WikiLeaks. But here's where, you know, you mentioned earlier sending texts under the influence. Right. And this is where some of what you did send to Roger Stone has been used to promote this narrative. So can you talk about how, you know, when you and Stone were communicating back in the fall of 2016, and which then he then cited later on to 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 make to make the false portrayal that he had an inside track. Right. Can you actually tell us what yeah. was happening there with you? Because you uh, took a flight back from London, as I recall, and right. then you sent him some messages that were then used to purportedly show that you were actually secretly in touch with Julian Assange right. well, on Stone's behalf. Right. Well, listen, if I was, I certainly wouldn't have taken pictures with a box full of Nespresso uh, <laughs> in a bag of like five or six sleeves of Nespresso. I was standing. I didn't get in. There was a guy the standing. I did not get in the embassy back yeah. then. The guy wouldn't see me. Um, Assange wouldn't see you. No, no. Yeah. And now I, looking back, I know why. They were preparing for uh, like a week later. A week later, they made their dump. But, you know, I was there and I saw that guy there. I was followed out to Herod's by two or three other uh, obvious undercover guys from either Metropolitan Police or the MI5. Uh, so I knew something they were worried that something was coming out. So I extrapolate that something's coming out. Yeah. Now, I put that on Facebook. I put a picture of me on Facebook. And then the next day, I gave it to Stone, me outside the of the embassy. embassy. Now, I was, you know, he was bragging all this time that he had a connection. Well, there I was, and I'm bragging right back. I'm here in London. Yeah. I put that out there. Something's going to come out. And it was really based on seeing this guy. If you look at the photo, there's a guy with an earpiece in there, this real, you know, uh, husky guy. Uh, just standing there for hours. I was afraid to go in there. And when I went in there, all I did was drop off a letter from the radio station general manager uh, um, uh, proposing a radio show with an ISDN 
emanating from the embassy. Now, mm. that was not a big day. They didn't care about doing that at that point. But, you know, they said, yeah, drop it off. So I dropped it off. I was ostensibly there. And not ostensibly, the reason why I was there was to see a close friend of mine, Barry Crimmins. Barry Crimmins, uh, political satirist, may he rest in peace. Uh, we were in London together in 1986. Uh, you know, he was doing... Uh, I, was, I, I performed at the University of Hamburg and I came to London. He was there doing Channel 4 and we spent three days together. And so exactly 30 years later, he was there. A friend of mine with a lot of money said, uh, let's go see Crimmins in London. So he paid for the flight. Didn't show up, but he paid for the flight in a hotel room. And I went there to spend three days with Crimmins. And while I was there, I got this letter from the, um, the, the general manager from the station and I handed it off. That was it. But... You know, I had egg in my face. I was hoping I'd get to see him, but he was, why would he see me? He doesn't know who the hell I am. And, and um, as you say, he's busy during that time yes. preparing because he's already released the DNC emails, the first batch. Yeah, that was way earlier. This is the Podesta emails now. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that I'm talking about the month of September. Obviously, yeah. looking back, because if you take a look at the logs, uh, the entry logs, um, at the uh, Ecuadorian embassy, which the uh, government uh, of uh, Linda Moreno published mm -hmm. uh, through one of those uh, papers in um, <laughs> in Quito, um, it showed everybody who got in. Well, you can see the month of September, maybe a lawyer got in. There was only one or two people got in, yeah. right? My name's not on there. There's only one or two people who actually got in. And just to clarify for anybody who's confused, because it, it's it's a it's a complicated timeline. This is September 2016. 16, yes. The DNC leaks, the first batch October have already come 7th. out. That was, that was the DNC leaks. They came back, at, when was it? During and the convention. They came right. out in, in, in uh, late July 2016. Right, right. So now we're in September, and Assange and WikiLeaks are preparing to drop the Podesta emails. Right. Nobody knows about the Podesta no one knows about the, emails. But, but you basically interpret, based on the fact there's 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 uh, they don't want to see you and there's secret agents around that something else is coming. <laughs> and you tell this to Roger Stone. Uh, I just said, look, uh, you know, uh, when I was there, he wanted me uh, because he got Gary Johnson on my radio show. And what he wanted uh, in reciprocation. Gary Johnson, the former yes, president. Quid pro candidate. quo was I would find out. I would find that if I could, if these emails existed between uh, Hillary and um, some emails that had to do with with Gaddafi, right? right? Yes, right. All right. So yeah. he sent me this five-page PDF from some wacko by the name of Doctor R. K. Paul. So I looked at it and I said, "My God, this is the reciprocation." I looked at it and I said, "No, I'm not going to do this." But I said that I would when I was there. That's what he wanted to see at these. I said, Roger, if they're true, just go to the WikiLeaks website. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea that he was like, kind of like uh, back, back dating his back channel and it would be me eventually. I mean, that's basically it. And that's all. The, well, because meanwhile, I, during this period, Stone is in touch with, with some people from the Trump camp. And he is, right. tell, we've learned this later on, that he is telling them that he has a secret channel. Right. And, right. Some, and Steve Bannon, Bannon. Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon apparently believes him. Right. And right. takes it seriously. So, so he says, okay, find out what you can and you know, see what else is coming. Because this right. is after the first leaks right. have come out. Which, by the way, undermines the narrative that Trump and WikiLeaks are in, are in cahoots. Because they're trying to f uh, use Roger Stone to find out what is coming next after the first batch of leaks have already come right, out. Right. And of course, they're asking someone who has no channel to WikiLeaks as evidenced by the fact that Roger Stone now is pressuring you. Right. Well, let me say, Roger Stone had nothing and uh, he's looking, you know, he actually sent me uh, 
some text messages. What's going on? I said, you know, I'm, I have no idea what he's doing. I, I'm, a, I'm an observer of what WikiLeaks is doing. I'm a fan and an observer, and I'm waiting to see what they have. I have no way of getting in touch with I, I, I had one guy, I, somebody who was his coordinator for visits, he, like, that's, that's it. I just dealt with him. But it had nothing to do with Stone at all. It, visiting uh, the embassy uh, in late September. And he said, uh, we'll take a look at the proposal. But I really wanted to get in, all right? It was like, uh, you know, this is a big deal. I get in and I can maybe get him back on my show. This is strictly a business thing at that time. And of course, I really developed a, uh, over the next couple of years. I, in 2017, I, I did a long Assange series. I had him back on the show and uh, a couple of times and he helped coordinate my uh, first year of Assange Countdown to Freedom, he got me guests and he picked out some of the music. And that's when I got to know him. Uh, but, um, you know, this whole notion that, they, you know, that he was involved with the Trump campaign and getting stuff from Russia and giving it to him uh, is complete bullshit. And they need to disabuse himself from that narrative. Uh, nobody should believe that in the – and I've told them that. I've told them that, but they just keep using Assange like they did the other day, that uh, he was covering up his uh, complicity with the Russians by uh, when he was asked uh, to, by Rohrbacher, to give like uh, a different source. All right. Well, we're, and I'm going to ask you more about Assange because you've been very involved in the campaign to free Julian Assange and you're about to go there. But, but let's just uh, close off on the uh, stone angle here. You know, I asked earlier about these messages that were then came up publicly later on where you're giving Stone the impression that you know something on the inside. Right. And I couldn't reciprocate on the Gary Johnson. On the Gary Johnson he really yeah. if you look at the text messages, it says, you know, I got you Gary Johnson. So he really I told him, What can I do in response? And yeah. he said, Find out if this is true. Yeah. And so I was never able to reciprocate. Uh, the uh, you know the booking of Gary Johnson, who was really hot for a while, and I had him on the day after he made that gaffe about Aleppo. Aleppo, so right. he was he already dead Gary in the Johnson water. Didn't know what Aleppo was, right? So he was dead in the yeah. water. The day I had him was the worst day to have him because it was the day after he went in front of Joe Scarborough's guy. I forgot what his name is, the guy from Boston, and he didn't know what Mike Barnacle did not know what Aleppo was, the significance of Aleppo. So. But I had him on, and Stone held that over my head that I had to do something, and I was never able, and I never did send it, that email that he sent me with the five pages PDF from this Dr. Paul. I never sent that to them. I had a direct route uh, through that guy in the same building who was a secretary, but I never sent it. Never To, to ever, WikiLeaks. Never sent it to yeah. WikiLeaks. No, you yeah. can look at all my emails or what they yeah. got. You know? But you did send to Stone uh, some messages that – I understand you wrote, I think, on, on the plane back. Yeah, I was from, drunk. From, yeah. So you were drunk. I was, I, I, you know, the thing is at Heathrow Airport. Yeah. Heathrow Airport, uh, when you're in, um, what do you call it? Instead of going to the uh, bars uh, there at the airport, you go to, this. if you're a drinker, this is what you do. You go to <laughs> the uh, duty-free store because there, unlike JFK, they have a cart with like one with gin, one with rum, one with vodka, and you and they mix drinks for you. <laughs> Seriously, they have one with Jack Daniels, and they have all these different liquors. And so I was getting whacked on that, uh, and and barely made the flight 
back. In fact, I did buy a bottle after all this drink. I bought a bottle of, uh, I forgot what it was, but it was inside my computer bag and it broke and the computer died because of it. So it cost me a couple, a couple hundred dollars to fix. Uh, and that just to get a few free drinks, I ended up spending two hundred dollars. So I, I'm sure <laughs> I sent, get I, I'm sure I sent him some emails, and he. But at this point, he had already said he had a back channel. And then, if you look at his testimonies, uh, Randy's known Assange for months and months and months yeah. and months, and uh, they're close. And you know, uh, he just made things up there. Uh, but, well, but I just want to stress this, though, because, you know, this whole thing, this whole false idea that he has a back channel, it comes from his own spin and lying. Yes. It also comes from him taking things that you wrote when you were drunk out of your mind. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that I was one-upping him at yeah. the time. In other words, he said he had, uh, and I said I had him on my show. I got Assange on my show. And I've known the guy. Yeah. You know, not, I'm not close to him. I had gone six years without seeing him. In 2016, I hadn't seen him since 2010 and no communication. One time I ran into him, but none at all. All right. The guy tweeted out that I was dead. A couple, he did some very nasty things to me. Stone, and he, yeah. he also said in 2007 that I was the guy that called up Elliot Spitzer's father at three o'clock in the morning and left a threatening message. And I spoofed his number and did an impression of him. All right. So you guys have a long history. Yeah, well, so I, I did not, like I said, did not see him for six years. I know the guy is a character. You know, he's he, he's really, uh, uh, you know, an exhibitionist, ex exhibitionist, and and a uh, a showman, and he loves attention. As I said in that letter, uh, he's uh, Norma Desmond from uh, Sunset Boulevard, looking for that close up at all times. He likes the attention. He gets off on it. And, um, but I was one upping him that I was in London, but you know, I didn't give him anything, nothing specific. I just said that I expect something to come out this week, but that's basically on what I saw there. And I put it on Facebook. I even put in, I said, you think something's coming out this week that predated, uh, that message of stone was, and I didn't know that until like exactly uh, September 29th, 2019, it popped up on memories of Facebook and it had that, that text there where I had sent that the day before I told huh. Stone hmm. that uh, something was going to happen. Well, and what's so funny about that is that picture of you in front of the embassy, it get, it then gets used as part of a media narrative right. that you were there at the embassy on Roger Stone's behalf. And Chris Hayes, the MSNBC host, he even called it the smoking selfie. Right. Yes, and really, I it's something you're that. posting on yes. Facebook of you being outside of an embassy that you didn't even get into. Good spy that I am, huh? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> doing that? Like, uh, you know, it's just like you're taking a picture. If I had gotten in, I wouldn't have taken that picture. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. I thought it was really reprehensible. And and they still believe that, uh, that Assange was coordinating. Uh, they won't let go of that false uh, premise. Randy Credico, comedian, broadcaster. Thank you. Satirist. 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 Political satirist. Political, okay. Yeah. Uh, because there's too many set. comedians. Fair enough. Right. Ready, credit, It's like me calling you a TV host. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, right. legendary satirist uh, yeah. and impressionist and broadcaster. Thank you so much, Randy. Right. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Bye.